Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 150, Lightening the Load. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world, you are welcome so good to be with you again. I hope you're doing well. I've just come back from an amazing trip where I toured around the dolmens and the sacred sites of Montana and then dropped down through Jackson Hole into the Tetons and then eventually Yellowstone. But it was the Tetons that really opened my heart as they always do whenever I go there. Some of you may have visited the Teton uh, Park. It's a fantastic place. And when you see these amazing mountains just majestically rising up, maybe above the sunrise, and you just know that it's like coming home to me. And if I look at those different mountains, it's as if each of them has a different face speaking to me. And I got that sense of welcome home. And so it was that on the Lion's Gate that has just passed, I felt a real urge to be there on that day, to experience my own infinity, my own eternal nature, to pass through a gate and know that maybe if I was passing through that gate, something had to go, something, I had to let go of something. And we've been doing that all of last year and maybe even this year we've been passing through that narrow gate that we call the eye of the needle and having to unload ourselves of saying, I can't take that with me anymore. This doesn't fit into my new life. I'm sure you've had those experiences. And there's one chapel there that some of you may have visited. It's called the Chapel of Transfiguration, a most beautiful, simple wooden chapel that has a, this window and through the window you see the Tetons. I mean, what a magical way of worshipping the creation, God, the creator. It reminds me a lot of the Shinto traditions, and Shinto was very much about nature is the all-beingness, and that you didn't need a temple or a building. Once you're in nature, you are one with all creation, and you glorify just how beautiful it all is. So here I am sitting in this beautiful little chapel, looking out onto the Tetons and thinking about the transfiguration. Doesn't matter if you weren't brought up with these beliefs, but it meant the time where Jesus appeared in his light body. And we've been talking about the light body, this higher density, this fourth, fifth, sixth density body that we all have and that we are increasingly learning how to inhabit. And I thought, how could I enter my light body more? How could I lighten my load? And what keeps me harnessed into my denser energies? And so my prayer was, help me to lighten my load. Help me to know myself in my light body. Now, some of you may call this ascension. Some of you may have another name for it. But as I was speaking about before, in the book, The Only Planet of Choice, the purpose of this planet wasn't just to 
create or to leave. <laughs> it was the ability to, to create from a place of an idea, which is the spark of an idea, the light of an idea that we all have, and that to be able to transform that idea through use of elements into something that we call matter. So I have an idea that I'm going to write a book. The idea is the light. I then use different methods to until the day when I see my book in print. And that idea into matter, light into matter, is a very important part of the process. But just as important is for me to take the process of writing that book, take the wisdom from it, take the joy from it, and enter that into my light body, and then let go of the fact that I have written that book, let go of the possession of that book, and move myself from matter back to light again. And this is why in what is known as the treatise of alchemy, the Emerald Tablet, the statement is, as below, so above, as above, so below. In other words, it's an infinity sign, it's a movement, it's a flow. Just as I was speaking about yet last time, the idea that to be able to flow from, math, from light energy into matter and matter back to light is what this planet is about. All right. And how do we make that movement? Well, we make that movement by taking that idea and not just staying with it, but actually doing the work to make matter. And then doing the opposite, the ability to let go, to be accountable, to be creative and say, I've done this, and then take what was important and then let go so you can go back into the light again. And this reminded me so much of how we at this moment are deeply <laughs> challenged by the density of our physical nature. And there I was sitting in this beautiful chapel and I'm thinking, well, is it just the, the weight of my body? No, of course it's not. My physical body can change. It's, a, it's, it's an energetic body itself. So what is it that makes me dense? What is it makes me heavy? And some people might say, well, it's my fears, it's my anger, it's my... But in that word is the problem. You see, you heard me say, my. My anxiety, my goals, my responsibilities, my anger, my disappointments, my family history, my pain, my wound. And I realized it's that word that, that causes the denseness. My, <laughs> my responsibility to help my family, my service to humanity. And I believe that that comes from our desire body. The desire body, the part of us that wants something to happen, but once it's happened, we can't let go. And we start to make that our ownership, we possess it. And not only do we possess it, eventually we feel possessed by it. Yes? I'm a victim of my anger. I'm a victim of my anxiety. I mean, you might even be proud of that. I'd love to do this, but my, my anxiety keeps me here. My anxiety, my illness. So I realized that the possessions 
the denseness of our beingness is not in our physical body. We often say it's my dense physical form. No, it's not. It's our dense physical brains, minds that keeps us here. And the desire to keep attachment to these things. In other words, we often reincarnate over and over and over back to the same down situation that we've just come out of. Oh, I can't wait to go back there and suffer again. Oh, I can't wait to go back there and struggle. And you might say, no, come on, Christine, nobody would ask for that. But that's where we feel we have no control over what possesses us. That makes sense? It's like an obsession. I can't stop doing it. I can't stop drinking. I can't stop doing this. I can't stop hurting. I can't stop feeling wounded. We feel possessed by this devil inside us. And yet it's not. There's nothing that's controlling us except for something which is really we keep giving energy to. And, of course, we can keep giving energy to it if we keep talking about it. And sometimes, you know, we can go and see a therapist and be, oh, my back, or my, my back's hurting, or this is my, my. And in the end of the day, we're kind of holding on to it. My illness stops me doing this. And I know in my work, I would meet people who would talk about my diabetes or, you know, the diabetes I have or the, my leg, my leg, my back. And you could feel that I would be in a tug of war with them if I said, actually, I can fix the problem. And they would look at me like, you're not going to fix this problem because if you do, you're taking away my identity. Again, my identity. I remember a young man who was now 20 years old and was still bedwetting. And he had come to me as a homeopath. I was a homeopath to be able to help him with his problem and obviously he hoped to relieve himself of this problem because he said because of this illness i can't leave home i can't date i can't get married so there was a lot of complaints about what he couldn't do but he said it's all because of my bedwetting and so i said okay i've got a magic wand or a magic cure for this what are you going to do when you've not got this problem and he looked at me and said, you will never be able to take this problem away from me. So I immediately said, here you are. Take your money that you're paying me for this session and leave. Because if you already know I'm not going to cure you or help you, then let's not waste time here. And I think that's something I see a lot of. It's, it's that sense of this is my identity. Don't you dare try and take it away because if I don't have this, my identity my role in life, my service, my future, my past, and who on earth am I? And that then brings us back to who's at home, who's inside me when I'm not all those things? Is there anybody at home? And that's why I see those three stages of the, full, the moon. So the waxing moon, which we're in at this moment, is that stage where you take the light of an idea. It's just the light and you make it manifest. So by the full moon, it's full and there it is. Ta-da, made it. And you say, I did that. Celebration. Then the next phase is the waning moon where you're letting go of your possession of what you've just created, but absorbing 
the light of wisdom, the light of expression, the celebration, whatever it is, it's not the object. It's more, how did I grow in this situation? How did this process nurture my soul? Have I grown? Have I healed myself? Have I become more whole? And then the third stage are the three days of the dark moon. The, no, the nothingness. I am nothing. I am no one. And that's the hardest phase to go through. And that's what we've been going through over the time where there was lockdown, over this time of uncertainty, grasping onto, let me do this, let me take this, let me be injected with this, then this will get me on the path again. When really, I have to tell you, we know that it's going to be a good five years before we get anything settled, if that. And this is because we don't want our world to continue the way we're doing, do we? We don't want to possess, this is the way my world works, my wars, my struggle. There can't be anything that any of us are looking at. Well, I shouldn't say anything, but there are a lot of things out there in the world at the moment that I think most of us would say, I will take accountability for what's happening, but I don't want this to continue. This is not the way I want to see humanity, the world, continue. So maybe we need to lighten our load. And to do that, it isn't just saying, I have no responsibility for anything, or you know, I let it all go. It's more like, what did I create? What did I do in my actions to have created this situation? What have I learned from it? And what am I ready to let go of? So it's accountability at the full moon and then letting go of the possessiveness during the waning moon. I hope that makes sense. There are a lot of people out there who are not being accountable for their creations, deny everything. I didn't do it. You're a liar. And yet are very happy to possess the proceeds from their actions. You can't have it both ways. Either you did it and you're benefiting from it, or you didn't do it and you're not benefiting from it. You can't have both. And there's a lot of people out there wanting their cake and eating it. So please, if you're going to take the proceeds, be accountable. If you're not going to take the proceeds, you don't have to be accountable. You have the proceeds back to the people who earn them. And the people who are trying to possess and grab and own, as I saw up in Wyoming, Montana, so much of the land is being bought up by people who should know better and have plenty of land already. They're buying and building and possessing because that's all they know, more and more, never enough. It doesn't mean they're looking after it. They're not accountable for it. It just is a possession. And they want to possess people's speech, their bodies, their, their place to wander, their place to be. That's got to stop. We don't actually possess anything. We don't own anything. We are guardians of this land. Not even guardians, as I say, guests, and we need to be better guests. So I had a dear friend, Makua, who was a kahuna who passed over several years ago. And he would bring forward many of his wonderful Hawaiian teachings 
And Hank Besselman then went on and created a lovely book called The Bowl of Light you might want to look at. And in there are many of Makua's teachings. And what I was thinking about this idea of possession, I kept coming back to what Makua used to say, and I'm just going to read this for you because, it, as I say, Hank Wesselman wrote this book, and I just want to express this for you. So he speaks, he says that as spiritual warriors, which we all are, we're spiritual warriors, there are three kapus, three laws by which we have to live, by sacred directives, he calls them. And he says, love all you see with humility. And he said, when you work from humility, in other words, without prejudice, without bias, without judgment, then there is compassion. If we could see everything with compassion, not judgment, that compassion is not like, oh, poor you, it's I am another one of you. That's the humility. Can I see everything in that way? And then live all that you feel with reverence. And that's not about feelings necessarily, about emotional feelings. It's about what is it that brings you alive? What is it that excites you? What is it that brings you your bliss? Follow that as much as you can, because that's going to be where you are resonating with, your, with the energy of your soul. And then he speaks about know all that you possess. And what this means is, also know what possesses you. So he speaks about it as a self-discipline. And it reminds me so much of the serpent energy. Serpent energy, we call it Kundalini, it's part of the dragon energy, dragon serpent energy. But this is energy. This is an energy that we have to know how to control. And control is probably the, the word I don't want to use. It may should be master. Do you know how to master your own desire body? Do you know how to master your dreams and to bring them into alignment with your soul? How much of our energy, which might just be a sort of excitement about something, but it doesn't go anywhere, or even a depression? So this is about how do I bring everything into harmony? and the way in which I've often been taught to say it is, it's like grasping the head of your serpent. So if you imagine the serpent rising up along our spine, at the solar plexus, it has this very expansive energy. It's like, look at me, which is fine. But for us to move into that next stage of lightness, to move out of our desire body, which is very much a solar plexus, we have to grasp the head of our serpent. We have to master these energies. We have to have self-discipline. And this is not the same as saying, well, I only eat certain foods and I'm always exercising. The self-discipline is what part of our mind is controlling our actions? In other words, is it the, oh, I've got to eat my foods in the right way? Is that a part of your mind that's really always down on you or mean to you? So this self-discipline is knowing our minds, knowing what is flowing through our consciousness, knowing why we are doing something as much as what we're doing. Who's riding the bus or who's driving the bus, as I say? 
Sometimes people have dreams where they're not driving their car and the car is going over the cliff. Who's driving your car? Are you in possession of your own life? Or is someone else driving it? Is someone else possessing it? Because this is a time, as I've said, to take back your authority. This is a time to say, I will make my own mistakes, but at least I will be in ownership of that. So even though I talk about possession, I am not saying let go of all your possessions. I'm saying own what is yours and let go of what isn't. And know what energy, maybe from within you, maybe from your family, maybe from the collective consciousness is possessing you at this time. What's pulling at your strings? What's holding you back? What's pushing you on? No, I have dealt with possession, spiritual possessions, ghost possessions. And actually, there are very few full possessions. Most of the possessions that occur are thought forms, carried on from families, carried on from old past lives, etc. It's time to, to say no more. Because this is a time when everything that you have ever felt, thought, etc., is coming home now. Everything is with you. It's as if everything from the closets has just been piled into the one room for you to sort out. And I thought that we would end with another meditation, partly because I think you enjoyed the last one. And I kept getting this image, maybe because I live in Albuquerque, and you might know that Albuquerque is well known for its hot air balloons, and we have a, a festival of that in October. But I felt that lightening our load is like being in a hot air balloon. And the fire is lifting us. But there are often those tethers that tie us down to the ground. And sometimes we've got bags of sand in the basket with us of our hot air balloon. And we didn't know they were there, but it's like, whoa, time to get rid of that. So are you ready for a meditation? As always, if you're not in a place where you can close your eyes safely, please do this meditation later. Closing your eyes. Take a few good deep breaths, short breath in, long out breath down through your body, which takes us out of our mind. Very mindful of breathing all the thoughts out of your mind, down through your body, into the ground. Take your awareness to your heart, your heart chakra. And we want to lighten our hearts, maybe be more joyful, more fun, more playful. At least to lighten our hearts to the possibilities of our soul. So through your heart, imagine yourself in this beautiful New Mexico desert. You may never have been here, but there are wide open skies and mountains in the distance. And you are in a hot air balloon. And you can look up and see the pattern or the pictures on your hot air balloon. Whatever works for you. 
what would you what image would you use for your hot air balloon and you're in your basket it's very safe for anybody who doesn't like heights it's an extremely safe hot air balloon <laughs> we're starting to build the air in our balloon so it's starting to want to rise up but we look down in our basket and we realize there are small bags in there uh, i could say there were sandbags or maybe you've got other parcels or anything else in your bar you still got them in the basket of the hot air balloon maybe they're things you've been holding on to relics <laughs> ancestral i shouldn't call them relics ancestral gifts treasures things that people have given to you you thought oh i better hold on to that maybe they've been beliefs that people have given you mottos you should do this way whatever you think is in those basket in those bags if you're ready throw them out of your basket You can keep treasures. I'm not suggesting you get rid of everything. Maybe there are things there that still nurture your soul, still remind you of how wonderful you are, still remind you of the people you love. And you don't have to be alone in your basket. Pets can get in there. It's a very big basket if you want to put a large pet in there. But now, as the balloon starts to try and rise, you realize there are tethers, ropes, that have been peg pegged down into the ground. And you're looking at those ropes. And you're realizing some of them come from other people and some of them you've placed in there. Maybe you've said, it's, I feel safer when I'm part of a particular organization or I'm part of this family or when I know what I'm here to do or when I feel I have purpose. Look at those ropes. Maybe you give them colors. They're the ropes that attach to your identity, a sense of your physical identity, where I fit into the world. Are you ready to lift those? Doesn't mean you give up your identity, but maybe they're limiting you. What identities? Or what ropes still tie you into an identity that limits your expansion, limits your lightness? And maybe you see now some different colored ropes and they're associated with people, people who may need you, people you feel responsible towards, people who say, don't leave me, whatever. People, they may not even be still alive. They may be people who have passed over who said, I want you to take care of your mother when I die. These sort of duties, maybe. Maybe they're people who are unhappy that you feel, oh, if I leave them, then they're going to get more unhappy. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but there may be people who have been holding you back, are still holding on to those tethers of your basket. Make a choice now. Which ones are the ones that are still healthy and helping you to grow and which ones need to be released or cut?
you may find that there are people that you want to enter the basket with you. Rather than leaving them, you're saying, come with me. And they climb in the basket with you. It's also possible that you might look across and there are other hot air balloons with people that you love and you like being around. They're in their own hot air balloon and they're saying, let's rise together. And the last ones I'm going to say are a different colored rope. They're the ones that connect to our desire body, a very deep one, a sense of almost, it's like an addiction, it's like an obsession. It's, it's almost like it obsesses you. And it often has an emotion attached to it, my anger, my anxiety, my disappointment, my regret, whatever. It's, it's a very, it takes a deep, takes hold of us at a very deep level. My loneliness, my whatever. Again, I'm not asking you particularly decide to cut those, but maybe you're ready to let those go. Because you realize that until you at least release them, you can come back to them later, but unless you let them go, you'll never see the light that can shine in because they're keeping you in this darkness, this dense energy. So you can come back to any of this. It's always going to be there on the ground. But as you cut and release the very last ropes, the very last tethers, your balloon lifts up off the ground. You see how the balloon's lifting. Some are already higher, some are a little lower. All different colors, all different shapes. You have a wonderful pilot for your basket will always make you feel safe. This is your inner guidance. They know where you need to go. Let yourself rise up and float away on the different thermals, the different wind gusts, letting you go in different directions. Feel the freedom, the lightness. I feel your heart be light. I feel the light of your third eye becoming brighter your crown chakra, opening up to possibilities. Do you feel that you're not leaving the earth? It's a strange sensation. It's almost as if you're seeing the earth in a very different way than you saw it before. Her lightness is very evident. She is shedding old energies so that she too can expand, evolve. And now you can travel for as long as you wish, but just for 
the completion of this podcast, we're going to very gently bring the balloon back. Now you can go to somewhere completely different or you can come back to the same place, up to you. And if you do come back to the same place, you may look at the things that you decided not to take with you and you may wish to pick them all up again. Or maybe you're seeing things from a different angle now. You realize they're finished. And as you step out of the basket, feeling the ground under your feet, you allow your feet now to connect to wherever you are in the room where you are. Very fully back in your body, but with a light heart, a light mind, and knowing that you can travel anywhere in that balloon. And that you can choose what you wish to possess, but you can also let it go and not let it possess you. So until next time, happy flying, happy journeys, and let the light shine forth strongly from within you so all may see. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on YouTube. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heartspeak.